Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark down for a Hey, it's Jackie Cation. I'm in a coffee shop. Uh, it's going to be a folk rave uh, here at this coffee shop in New York City with Jim Gaffigan. Welcome to the Dork Forest, Jim. It Jim is. Gaffigan. It is an honor to be here. I'm very <laughs> excited to be here. This is good. This is like one of those things where you're you're going to call me in two weeks and go, "Yeah, Jim, you know, it actually didn't record." We're not going to actually do this, uh, or it will have recorded, and I will lie to you and say, "No, no, actually, no," because there's like a giant fan going on behind us. There's an Occupy yes. Wall Street movement happening behind me, and. Um, but it is very. So we're in the village somewhere. Is that yes, where we're? Yes, this is this is the Bowery, but it's very much the East Village is just turning into an NYU campus slowly but surely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It does look. It's. Not, I've been staying in Brooklyn for the first time uh, ever, and. Um, a lot of guys walking around in their slippers outside. Right. It's a trip. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you're going to run through some slippers that way. That's not going to... What am I, 107? I'm 107. And the fact that I'm just like, you're going to have to buy these slippers next week. You're, you're the, thinking practically about slippers. I'm from Wisconsin. We're a practical people. That's that's a commitment to even own slippers. I mean, I'm a lazy person, but I yeah. don't own slippers. You don't own slippers? I don't I think never, I do. I never owned slippers until I got married. And then Andy bought me slippers one year for, for Christmas. And I was like... Is that something? Is that something people do? That's that's nice. I guess that's kind of I mean, a step got- up from socks, right? Right. It's it's only a step up, though. I didn't even think about that. He got me other items, but there's, he's from one of those families that um, you give a list of oh, you what you a, of, of what, what you want. want. Oh, nice. I've never been in that sort. Of, is that? I. Are you a big family kid? I'm a big family. Uh, I'm, many, one of, I'm the youngest of six. Oh, me too. Oh, really? Yeah. Weird. Oh, and you then go. your wife's from Milwaukee. We're, and we're living I'm parallel from, lives. I'm from Indiana. And you're from Indiana. And I'm Armenian. And so. oddly enough, I am Irish. <laughs> so, and uh, no, I um, yeah, no, my family Christmas was was very pretty uh you know we got way too many presents but uh but was it practical presents because the six kids there were some there were some well, there were some nice toys and i think there was some there was some there was always a biggie okay and then there was stuff that you know we didn't need right but you know we also lived in a house where there was room for it now it's like i don't even oh, yeah. now my kids i'm like they don't need anything they really don't. They don't. I, they they're they have everything. They do. I, I mean, there's no. You, we used to have to wait for holidays or yeah, birthdays yeah. or something to get the thing that you wanted. To get you know like a bike or a scooter, you'd have right. to wait. You'd have yeah. to wait like eight months, and right. in kid time, that's like a three it, years. It feels like they they never got me a bike. It's like no, no, wait, didn't they get you a bike for like your fifth or sixth birthday? Yeah, and you're like. Yeah, but I had to wait like five or six years, and now when you're born, people are handing you like motorized Ferraris, and you know, I mean, everybody has the toy. And, and then when you go to Target, the kids like, "Can I have a toy?" And you're like, "Yeah." Yeah, it's a nickel. Yeah, you it's know? right. Everything is so inexpensive, <laughs> thanks to you know slave labor in exactly. China. Everything is work. so cheap. You're mm-hmm. like, all right, well. It's your birthday party. We can spend five dollars and redecorate the entire house <laughs> in, so, in SpongeBob themes yes. from head to toe. It's amazing. I know. I just got. Um, you know, I sell T-shirts on the. Well, I got some merch going on. Yeah, you got to do the merch. I got some merch. You have the best cafe. 
Press. Do you still have that Cafe Press store? I, you know, it's funny because my wife just announced that I I got a check. Oh, for, you know, from Cafe Press. From Cafe Press, right. and I haven't had it even. I don't think it's listed on my website anymore. Right, but, because it was everything you could yes. get. Anything that had yes. your your face yes. just going. Hi, did you want a mug with the Jim Gaffigan <laughs> Do you want a face? Thong? <laughs> Yeah. Here's a baby's bib. Knock yourself up. Yes. And it's also, and what what makes it so appealing is the quality of the merchandise is, is pretty horrible. I was going to say, it's terrible. Yes, it's yes, terrible. Yes, it's the worst. Because um, I sell, because I, I, I come from a sales, a, a deep, deep sales background, sadly. Yes. But I also have a lot of, um, I don't want to sell things. So I've decided that if I'm going to sell things, I'm only going to sell things. I just found a union t-shirt maker in uh, Arkansas or something like that or yeah. somewhere so I have my, my t-shirts are now American made but union made oh, there you go. which is kind of exciting because they were 50 cents more a shirt so that's fine I was like I can cut into the 12 cents of profit that's not gonna what do I care because before it was like a poor adult woman because I'm willing to wear clothing made by toddlers I'm unwilling to sell clothing made by toddlers that's an interesting point and then but then I was like so this is made by a poor adult woman right who has no health care in the Appalachians and now this might be a relatively poor adult woman but who has health insurance or who has horrible health insurance like she, the rest of us. Right. She might just have really crummy health insurance and she might be taken for a buggy ride by the union, but at least there's a union. Because yeah. I like... I'm, I'm a giant commie. I love a union. No, I'm pro-union. You know, you've got yeah. that Milwaukee uh, sweatshirt on there. My uh, father-in-law runs the Milwaukee uh, Union Press. Oh, does he? Yeah. He's a, he was, he's a, he's a union printer? He's a, he's, a, he's a big union guy. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah. yeah one of a, I mean, you can't be in... You can't have had a, a single acting job in your life oh, without yeah. recognizing the value of a union. Yes. You know? Yes. So, and and sometimes the irritation of the union, but it's fine. Yeah. You know, you, you can say it's kind of hokey, but you're like, yeah, it's hokey. That's yeah. true. So I'm on board. Yeah. So, oh, that uh, it would be great room. if an open mic started, right? <laughs> 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 you ever do that thing where? Oh, good! Here comes the music piped in to ruin this whole. <laughs> right, it's it's there was some giant like weird hippie music. This cu- this cup of coffee, I said, can I get a large cup of coffee? And she said, it only makes small cups of coffee. And I was like, what do you mean it? And she said, we make them per cup. And I was like. Why don't you make me two then? I guess I don't know, but um, it was weird. This is—it's called Think Coffee. This coffee yes. shop. Well, it's it, a little bit of a chain, right? Just a small chain. I don't know if it's a chain. But There's two of them. That's not a chain. That's it has. You know, it has what you need in your independent coffee place with the uh, barista with the attitude. Oh yeah. Kind of, uh, like they act like they're splitting an atom, but they're really <laughs> doing what your coffee maker's doing at home. Right. It could it could all work out. <laughs> you know, uh... like I'm just here temporarily before I write my novel. Exactly. But you know, as comedians, whenever I, you know, it's like these guys might be graphic designers. They're they're right. just. They might be in a They're band. They're just as weird as you and I. <laughs> right, exactly. I used to, did you have day jobs? Oh, yeah. For a long I time? I had day jobs. Yeah? I, uh, I worked in advertising. Oh, did you? I was an account guy, and then I was a copywriter. Okay, so the, the copywriter, that's a little creative. You didn't, it is a little creative. You didn't find that it sucked the creative juices off of the, the comedy? 
it's well I had uh, I think a pretty unique approach of uh, kind of having the job until I got laid off like I was intentionally trying to get laid off oh, okay I'd say about four years because I wanted to keep my <laughs> right. health insurance. Yeah, right? get and, some unemployment, hopefully, maybe. Yeah, and yeah. so if you quit, you don't keep it. Yeah, but uh, but I don't know. I think it helped with some writing, some yeah. uh, word economy kind of stuff. But I don't know. I mean, I think that uh, it's yeah, it's not creatively fulfilling, but. Most of the entertainment industry is not creatively Right, it's, it's a job at some points where right. you're just like, oh, I, I guess I have to work on... Like, yeah. I, I just got feedback on a storytelling story that I'm doing, and I'm like, I don't want feedback. The feedback I want is the fallen faces of the audience members. And right. then I'll do that bit again, and then I'll, they'll be happier. Yeah, I mean, we are so... I always say, say this when... Uh, when I consider kind of whenever I do like acting or anything it's like you realize how truly spoiled we are as comedians in that there is no one kind of looming over you saying you know what can you do that a little with a little more energy could you go into a little more detail about that particular it's like no no that wasn't there's no detail there that I wanted to share with you it, uh, so the notes, the notes I got from the guy were good. I was yeah. like, oh yeah, that probably would. I didn't want them, but okay, I'll do it. Right. I mean, because people are good at their jobs, it turns yes. out. Yes. And uh, <laughs> so I might want to cut them some. Half time. the time they are. Yeah, yeah, they got they got some some feedback. I'm anti people. Are you? I think so in some ways. <laughs> it's uh. I, it would be. I would not be surprised if at noon on a, on a Wednesday an open mic did open up right here. There's a possibility of it. There's always a possibility of it. Anywhere you go. And the, like, the amazing thing is, is, we both would be kind of debating: Should I go on? Do I? Could I get a set? Do you, you think? think I could get on? I I got a set in 9/11. Uh, I, I, uh, on 9/11. On 9/11. I, I watched television all day long. I was yes. in LA, yeah. and then um, by the end of the day, I was like, I need to get out of my apartment. Oh, yeah, and I, I knew totally that there was a, a stand-up. I knew there was something happening, and there was this huge thing where LA was in a was in a fury of lockdown LA, yeah. not realizing no one cares in, about L. No one's going to bomb LA. No one cares. It would take too much effort. It would take too much effort, and and the self-absorption of LA thinking that anyone gives yeah. a shit about the Disney building. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. That's not going to make a statement. No. <laughs> no. So. It would create terror, because then you could think, well, anything could happen. If yeah. you bomb the NPC building, yes. it could be like, oh my god, it could be, you might as well come over to my house and punch me in the nose. It could happen, you know, it could be like that. I just went to, I went to a show, I was like, I wonder if it'll happen. And of course, a couple of comics didn't show up, so I got to work in. That's amazing. Yeah, I was here in New York on oh. 9-11, and... Uh, and you know, I just go stir crazy. It's again, it's another thing for where comedians were spoiled is like getting that creative outlet. I don't know how people are solely actors right. or solely writers because the immediate feedback and the immediate opportunity to kind of quote unquote create is 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 always there for comedians. Yeah. And so, like when during nine eleven, the next couple of days, I remember. You know, my then-girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, I was like, I gotta go out and do a set. She was like, I really? It's like, I think the subways aren't working, and I'm like, I'll just walk there. Right. Because I had to get out there. Yeah, it's, I, uh, yeah, it's, it, we do, 
I think we seem like animals sometimes to people where you're just like, what do you mean you have to do a set? And I've known people that, that their um, their honeymoons have been, like, it, it'll come up later yeah. that that's the point of their divorce. It's like, oh, you picked up a set on our honeymoon. It's amazing. It's, I had to force myself not to. It's, it's our heroine, though, right? Yeah. I mean, it's... I get kind of cranky. I mean, I'm I'm cranky often, but <laughs> if I haven't done stand-up for a week... I mean, I've thought a lot about this. It's not necessarily... Uh, what's so great about stand-up is there is the creative fulfillment, and that's why in other things like acting or writing, if you get the creative fulfillment, it's okay, but... If you're not getting the creative fulfillment in, say, an acting opportunity or a writing opportunity, then you really need to do stand-up. But yeah. even if you do stand-up in front of, like, you know, six people, yeah. you're like, at least I did something. Right. Whereas, like, you can be acting and be on a set for, like, 18 hours. And you're just and, mostly sitting there? And you're just, and, you know, you might walk in and say kind of a... Uh, a subtle blowjob joke and then leave and it's like for me that doesn't do it no no I need I I need slightly more attention yes and it is it is I do get jonesing yeah you know two or three days will go by and if I haven't done a set I'm like why am I such a jerk because I get kind of grumpy and I'm just I'm like why don't you pick up a set somewhere or at least an open mic I'll go to an open mic I'm not about an open mic oh yeah no the whole hierarchy thing I think is pretty absurd yeah because what do you I mean the only bad thing I feel about because I'm um, and I'm sure even more so yourself but I mean because you can walk into a room and go hey can I get up and they'll be like yeah yeah. And at this point, I can mostly do that, which is great. Yeah. But I try not to disrespect the, the, no. the you know, because everybody else who's there doesn't get to do that. And they came and they signed up and they, they showed up early. They're going to hang out like we're supposed to. Right. And uh, so I try to keep it tight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Well, that's what I think is really absurd. I never understood the whole notion of doing the longest set in history to me I'm like but wait a minute because I've you know I mean I've been doing stand-up for a hundred thousand years now it's great the Paleozoic times yeah those were those were some some, great cave paintings those audiences were like cave (laughs) but but so I I you know was bumped for 15 20 years of my career and um if you go up and you do like ten or twelve minutes, it's 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 not going to disrupt things that much. I think that seems fair. Less but, than fifteen. Yeah. yeah. But if you go, you know, if you're doing forty-five minutes just because you want to work on saying things out loud, work. Go come back the next night and work on the next fifteen-minute chunk. Yeah. Or, or call ahead so they can cancel the spot. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. The guest spot thing is very strange because I still feel some guilt. But if I if I do kind of a, an announced set, I feel as though then audience people will go there and oh, yell the out expect- hot topics. And, right. and there's the expectation of, well, I came here to see this. Right, so it better actually be worked on right. stuff. Right. Please go to the vault. Right. And, yes. uh, <laughs> and I want to go to the vault if yeah. I'm if I'm coming out to work on my new weird yeah. chicken bit. It's strange. Yeah. It's, it's a strange. I mean, what a great gig we got. Right? It's the it's the sweetest. Yes. Yeah, it is. It is amazing. Yeah. It's it's. Uh, 
I do like. I do want to talk briefly about. I, the last time I was in town was two years ago. Yeah. And I saw you do three sets that week, and yeah. you did three different ten minute sets about three different foods. Right. And it was. And yeah, that sounds about boxes. right. And they were just like, well, I had falafel today, or right. the other one was, you know, I can't remember exactly what they were, but I was like, oh my god. And uh, yeah, awesome. no, it's it's weird. The food thing is not something that I expect. You know, like when you start stand up, I don't know how long you've been doing it, but uh, twenty million years. Twenty million yeah, years. Yeah, eighty four. You start and you do <laughs> yeah. like you do different kind of. You're finding your voice, yeah. right? And. Um, you evolve, and but I when I started stand up, I was I had no thought that you know I'm going to talk about like an individual food item for <laughs> ten minutes, and I uh, to the point where there will be an aside going really is that yeah, guy still yes, talking about exactly. that? That's awesome. So I didn't have an expectation of that, and whenever I do a new hour, I always have in the back of my head. You know, I write everything with my wife, Jeannie, but I always have, in my head, I'm like, no more food jokes. <laughs> and, you know, my act, you know, like... Say there's this, other things. There's other yeah, things. Plenty you of know, other this things. new hour is probably... it's, But it, it ends up being half food. <laughs> well, half food, but... You're a human being. You eat food. Yeah, and yeah. it's also... Um, it's universal. Right. So I... There's rarely going to be someone in the room that doesn't know about a food item. Right. Because I, I do think, I, I kind of, again, it's ever evolving. You know? yes. It's like how Louis C.K.'s act, you know, 15 years ago was different from what he's doing now. So it's like we're all changing, but there's yeah. something about, I don't want anyone in the audience to feel left out. Oh, yeah. or, or alienated like I, I've never been a fan of the us and them comedy you know like no. you're in like a room and it's like how about those other people that aren't here aren't they right, right. losers yeah, yeah. which and I don't know maybe it's a midwestern thing it's like a little <laughs> bit of like really we're gonna let's a safe space man yeah and it's and this is entirely my opinion yeah. and I know that people love Andy Kaufman yeah. but I know that if I would have watched Andy Kaufman and I would have been in the back of the room watching Andy Kaufman alienate those people. I would have been like, this guy's a dick. I can't possibly stay in the room. And I and it's not that it wouldn't have been funny, because the stuff was... It's it's that kind of thing where people... It's hit and miss, but when it's hit, it's hilarious. Right. And But I would have been so nervous about who felt left out and who he was attacking that I would have had to do a lap. I couldn't right. have stayed in the room, I don't think. Yeah, it's interesting. There's, there's one thing... About, uh, I guess I kind of like Andy Kaufman and Letterman. If you can be sarcastic in a way that is not mean, oh yeah, to the people like Letterman. I sometimes, you know, not that I've watched that much of late night television in a while, but right, is what I always liked about him is he could be sarcastic to someone where he was kind of making fun of them and not necessarily be mean or cruel. Now, he would he would go over the line a lot, but as <laughs> but opposed to just It didn't feel like being, he was... It, yeah. it, it felt like he was they genuinely on, trying to be funny. And they were not, in on the joke. Yes. You know, it's, it, it would be rare that someone would leave in tears or, right. again, just kind of... You know, kicking someone when they're down. Right. I think. I think. He, and it would be an obvious thing that he was making fun of. With Letterman, I never had a problem with Letterman, just right. because he was always making fun of something that you're like, 
oh, well, that guy knows that he is a Jersey Shore weirdo. Right. If he makes fun of his Jersey Shore weirdoness, right. then we all do that. Right, That's and and there's there's a sincerity in his befuddlement with what this person's interested in. Right. Now, let me ask you something. <laughs> all right, so you get done yes. with shows. You come home. You know, I always try to describe this to people that are not comedians, that we literally have to peak at, uh, you know, between 8 and 11 o'clock at night. And so the natural process is that after that, there's a decompression period. Right. So, look, if you end your work day at 5, then you might watch primetime television. Right. Or, you know, and some this has gotten a lot of our friends in trouble, is they peak at 10 or 11, and then they're wide awake, and they end up getting wasted, and then they're doing heroin before they know it. Right, so, right. the whole thing is, is that, what do you do to decompress? I mean, you're, you're married, right. do you guys watch TV? I mean, is he asleep? Are you awake? Are you right. looking I, at the internet? Yeah, if I get home, and it's like, um, midnight or one, yeah. and... He's like, well, just come to bed. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's so not going to happen. Right, um, right. So I will go, also not, most of the time I can go to bed, and I'll just read a half a dozen comic books. Right. Because they're 20-minute chunks. The great thing about a comic book is that it's a 20-minute project. Right, so right. it's sort of like a sitcom. Right. And uh, that's a pretty good decompression. But I tend to, like, if, if the show's over at midnight... I'll hang out for yeah. 45 minutes to an hour just to sort of bleed off some of that. Right. But yeah, because I mean, you gotta have downtime afterwards because yeah. you're buzzing. And yeah. And and it's not like I'm gonna go to say, what am I gonna do? Have a cup of tea and go to bed with yeah, warm yeah. milk? Right. What do you do? I I do yoga. No. <laughs> I'm, no. It's at 12.30. It's hard to me while I get my mat out. I'm just going to... You know, I wish that I was... I, and, yeah. and I admire those people. I think Seinfeld does yoga after he does yeah, stand-up or I something bet. like that. And, <laughs> he seems uh, like he's very, very, like, organized and insane. I always look at Seinfeld as the... Um, I always consider him to have the most perfect personality to be a comedian. Meaning, he has the... Um, the, the confidence, yeah. um, the resiliency. You know, Chris Rock has that resiliency too, and the unfazed by uh, these other mortals that exist. And it's not in a mean way. It, I'm saying this. It's it's really. He doesn't seem overwhelmed by his success at all. Like, and and, and yeah. that's something I think that that some comics that'll that'll burn you up. I think so. Yeah. I think it's, you know, I mean, there's nothing normal about, you know, uh, a person going on stage and making strangers laugh. Right. I mean, that's, that's, right. that's, that's is, the whole that thing. The, that is the anomaly. Th- that yeah. as a, a society we forget. Yes. But, you know, it's, there's, you know, the seeking the approval of a room full yeah. of strangers is, is rather weird. Right. But right. the fact that Seinfeld can kind of just do that, and I imagine he returns to life. I wish that I had that, but then again, it's some of the vulnerability of a comedian is what makes it appealing. Yeah. So it's like, when you watch someone like Mark Maron, what's so appealing about him is that you know he's putting it out there. Right. It comes from such an honest place that you're like, but you know, because I wonder about his fan base too, because when when you have these fans that you're like, I want to be I'm not saying we wouldn't be friends, but I'm going to Chicago tomorrow. 
and we actually don't know each other. And I'm very sorry, but uh, we actually, you know, I'm willing to, to be nice. I mean, I think you're great. Right. right. Um, but I, but, but with his friends, because he sort of opens a vein and he opens, he's so yeah. vulnerable. He's got. I've seen people do it with Maria too. They're like, I have depression issues. I have these same issues that you do. Can we talk about this for four hours? And and she's like, we can talk about it for a little while, but I can't. You know, I don't know how to. I can't fix it. We both have to see professionals. It turns out, and right. you should actually talk to your mom, uh, like I do. And you know, it's it. It can get super intense because of how vulnerable you are on stage, and people think they know you a little bit better. It's it's very it's a very strange phenomenon too because I I'm not somebody you know it's like I'd be lying if I said that I didn't like attention, but right. I'm not somebody who like I, you know if someone's singing. Um, you know, I'm not somebody who likes the uh, someone saying happy birthday to me. You know I, mean? I don't <laughs> right. like all types of attention. In right. fact, I think it's it's rather kind of strange. But I think comedians, there is something strange about an accessibility too. Where yeah. I mean, I always think it's strange when I'm carrying my two year old screaming, and people will be like, "Can I get a photo?" And I'm like. Probably not now. <laughs> and and not so unless, not unless you brought my nanny with me or a nanny. Right. Right. So it's it's strange because there's and again, some people are just really well equipped yeah, to deal I, with that. And maybe because Seinfeld stuff is so observational yeah. that people are like, Oh well he's not he's not really he's not bleeding, you know, he's not right. he's not as vulnerable as others. But what I love about him, he does not seem faced by the and I don't know him. I've actually never met him. But yeah, you know, again, it's so funny. We're talking about somebody that I don't know. Yet, <laughs> either, but Let's speculate. There is, I like um, it. There is something about uh, that personality that, un, you know, unfazed. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, confidence. Right. That I I'm sure admire. He alone. Yeah, I'm sure he has some vulnerability. But I don't know. I have some friends that are just have this kind of... I, I almost think it's a zombie-like kind of <laughs> right. exterior where they're like, hmm, hey, uh, your house is on fire. Yeah, that's interesting. My house is on fire. And they're, they're not freaking Good thing out. I'm insured. Good thing. Yes. No, like it's all practical. It makes no sense whatsoever <laughs> to get upset at this point because... Uh, that seems so sane. Yeah, it seems yeah. sane. But I don't know. It's weird. It is weird. It's very strange. It's the whole a, comedian world. Right. And just to talk about comedy for, for like... I, I, you know, that's what I love about doing podcasts. It's just talking... Because, you know, as we travel so much, it's like we've run into each other before. We yeah. have mutual respect. But it's like... Yeah. It's like forced comedian conversation. Right. About... It's great. Yeah. And it's it's when it... And it's when it can be just this sort of mellow... Because when, when comics get together, you tend to just... I mean, it's not like you're riffing. It's not, right. you know, unless you say, hey, let's get together and, and, and let me try my joke. You gotta, Maria and I play Joke Machine. Yeah. Where she's like, I'm working on this new bit. Feel free to yeah. tag it. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and then she'll tell me a joke and then I'll tell her a joke and she'll tag it. But otherwise, we're just, you know, and when you yeah. talk, you, it's like plumbers when they meet. They have of to course. talk about plumbing. Of course. Which is why it's hard to hang out with people who aren't good plumbers. Right. What are you going to talk about? You can't talk about plumbing. It's 
but it's weird. Oh, I'm glad it went Mediterranean. The music. Yes, it's great. Yeah. It's, this it's, is nice. It feels very dance-like. Should I go get a hookah? Do you want to? Okay. No, I think we're all right. Okay. <laughs> but, all right, so so you yeah. you will read a couple comic books. Do you have, like, a stack of comic books? Yeah. Welcome to the Jim Gaffigan podcast. Hello and welcome. Um, uh, welcome to the Dork Forest. Jim Gaffigan's your host. And, and so yes. you'll... you'll and, is that what your husband is interested in, too, or no? Yeah, he got me into comic books very much, very much so. Yeah, so I, I tend to, like, I love to I love to read. I love to right. hop- Well, you're Armenian. And Isn't that part of your culture, that's a dark what it is. room and reading? A dark reading? room and some reading, maybe a little bit of coffee. And Badmouth the Turks. Badmouth the Turks, right? Judge them on their, yes. on their, on their bad choices a hundred years ago. Yes. And uh, so, ah, the young Turks of today. What, uh, but... But th- what I what I really do, I think what I really do do to, to unwind is reread stuff. Like if I don't have any new comic books to read, I will I will reread um, a science fiction book or a book that I've read a million times. Whether it's and it's usually crap. It isn't like I'm I'm pulling really? out Huckleberry Finn or I'm going to work on the Silmarillion. Right. right, right. It's going to be like a Spencer for higher novel. That's or really interesting. It's going to be uh, a science fiction novel, a Lois McMaster Bouge old book right. that I've read a dozen times and I'm like, oh yeah, that's a cool firefight that they did out in the middle of nowhere. Let's reread that. That's that's it's amazing. A weird, yeah, no, like that's, what do you what do you read? What do you do when you no, get home? I mean, I guess in full disclosure, I mean, I went through phases where I would read a lot. Like mm-hmm. I had, um, I guess back like 10 years ago I used to you know, have like these classics. Like I wanted to go through all the classics, and okay. I wanted to read. Like I would try and read a play a day. Wow. To read. You yeah. Know, and the plays are not that bad. You can do that in a day. Right, right, right. And, because there's a lot of white space. Yeah. And I'd gotten rid of my television, and I was like, no TV, and you know, I had done no TV, no drinking. I was working out twice a day, wow. and at this point, I'm. I'm not working out. <laughs> I own a huge flat screen. It's a slippery slope. I have four children. Oh, right. And, and I the eat oldest horribly. one is like uh, seven. Seven, and then the younger one's two? Or? He, the youngest one, he's, uh, I think, eight or nine months now. It all oh gets kind of confusing. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's, so my so that's unwind, your main focus. Yeah. And my, my um, but I would say I'm, if I dork out on anything, but I think this is in the past tense because I used to be... A real, uh, and I am a little bit a cable news junkie where I loved the, uh, you know, the, the evolution, like the rise of Rachel Maddow was fascinating to me and the, oh really? And just some of the, the, uh, where did she start? Well, she started at Air America. And, okay, that and, radio, the, the, the hippie radio show. Yeah, um, and she was, she would, I, you know, I think she might have even worked with Mark Maron. Okay, yeah. She he, might have been the, yeah. the, the, you know, he was, it was his show, but there was, you know, the egghead. Right, right. The, the right. brainy person. <laughs> and, I, you know, I could be completely wrong about that. Yeah. But seeing her do, you know, guest segments, and now she's, you know, huge. Right. And so some of it is like... Politics as sports was is is fascinating to me, right. and so because I think that 
there is something about that whole process that is very curious to me because I think that politically I mean I'm, uh, none of my stand-up is political right. it's, it's um, you know like reality shows don't really appeal to me and I'll go through different sh- show phases but it's how I kind of get my news and it's like I love the daily show but I don't really watch the daily show okay it's just you know it's like it's comedy free you know like right. Keith Overman uh, you know you can tell he loves comedy but he's not uh, you know he might ha- add some humor but it's relatively humor free it's right. just these guys nerding out about politics that yeah. I love you know okay and I love like switching between MSNBC and and Fox and seeing the it's different like sort of take the same on. the same article or the same news it's item? the same news item from two perspectives of, yeah and just two two completely different sides of it and you know and, you, and seeing what they emphasize like yeah and to see that yeah you know what Rachel it, Maddow might her take on it versus. Sean Hannity or one of those you know, guys or you know like a red eye I don't know if you ever watch red eye I you know it's like Andy Levy you know it's like it's it's interesting red eye because you'll um, initially you'll watch it and, yeah you know there's tons of comedians on there okay and you'll kind of get drawn in I mean yeah. I would never want to encourage, <laughs> encourage someone to watch television over reading okay but it's that show is um it's interesting because it's, you know, like 3 a.m. You know, you do a show that's at midnight. They, yeah. It'll be on at 3 a.m. And, and that's be, what, it's called Red Eye? And what's it on? It's Fox? on Fox. It's on Fox. It's an ostensibly a, a news store it's show or is it an like, opinion show? It's an opinion show, but okay. it's, it's similar to um, that, that Byron Allen kind of comics unleashing. Except oh. for it's... It's it's, it's uh, supposed to be topical. It's supposed to be topical. It's it has uh, you know it's supposed to be objective, but it's Fox, so it's a little it's a little right wing. But it's and but some of these guys are are um, kind of funny. Yeah. You know, it's weird. It's, yeah, they're a little bit. And, and and is it comics? Are they comics that you know or? Yeah, it would or be. Are they just, it would be uh, you know, it would be comics that you would know. You know right. that we Is would it all like know. Ron White or I no, mean, no, it's it's not. Do they know. pick political comics or do they just no, pick comics? No, it would be. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to think of like. I mean, obviously they're like not getting Tom Liz. Shalou, okay, you know, but no, like Liz would never. Right, that's exactly. Liz would, Liz Liz would never do anything would on not Tom. Be. You know, right. Um, and again, it's not. You know, it's. I'm not saying this like I endorse Fox News. It's right. just. It's, it's fascinating. It's, it's a fascinating yeah. piece of America because, like, Andy Levy and these guys, you know, some, a lot of the comedians that go on there are the voice of the left. Yeah. You know? And the and the these right-winger... And the like, hosts are, are Andy Levy and... and well, it's um, Greg Gruenberg and... But these guys are not... I mean, they are kind of... Uh, right wing but it's not done from a perspective of uh, and then, you know like it's just interesting like they have kind of like a gripe with the New York Times okay oh okay it's so there's running gags about there's the running whole gags. thing and I can't believe I'm talking about this on the podcast no, but well, it's but the thing is is it's fascinating because I've never I can't watch Fox News because I become uh, infuriated but I also have a hard time watching CNN because I become bored and then I, and then MSNBC I'm like 
what are you talking about? And so right. Rachel Maddow seems relatively sane. Whenever I, whenever right. I, and and Keith Olbermann seems like he's trying to be funny. Like I don't know. Yes, yes, yes. Enough about. Well, see, that's the whole thing. It's like for me, it's 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 just an interesting glimpse at to at, at people that really take this super seriously. And that's not to say that some of these issues aren't serious. But for me, I mean, I I kind of like when I grew when I was growing up and you know, maybe I was naive as a kid, but you didn't know what someone cared about or what what their political views. It was very private. It's like if someone was yeah, Walter Cronkite just talked. Right. He didn't, if someone he didn't was like born again Christian, you would you wouldn't hear about it. Or if somebody was an atheist, you wouldn't hear about it. It was just like people living their lives. And so I like that, but I guess the voyeuristic side of me it's loves kind of going through MSNBC and and, and Fox. It and is just, as a sport. I suppose. see. It's like it, it always goes like news and then. You know, they have 24 hours, so it'll go news and then deep into opinion. And then, if you're lucky, sometimes there will be these feuds. You know, like Anderson Cooper will will have a feud with Ed Schultz, you know, where Ed Schultz would go after Anderson Cooper. And, and, you know, the funny thing is, is like, comedians are known as having these rivalries, but it's nothing compared to these news guys. Right. Do you, do you know what I mean? It's like no, but this I, is awesome. But comedians, yeah. I, you know, when people are like, "Oh, comedians don't like oh, each other," I think comedians really do like each other. Even yeah. if, even if you don't, I mean, there's obviously the the rare exception. But even if I don't like someone's type of uh, oh, yeah, stand up, I admire their. You I know, know the fact they're, they're you know they're people that have gone through the war too. Right. Right. Do you they're, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They're. I mean, if you were, a, if, it's, it might not be my kind. Of comedy, but if if they're working, they've already won. Right. As far as I'm concerned, right. they're doing the job. They, it's they not... took the risk to do this. Exactly, they're putting themselves out there. Yeah, but so what I did not know is that the news guys have these things. Yes, and you see it. I mean, I'm on Twitter and I fi- follow uh, like flame wars of. They have you know, Keith Oberman will have feuds with people. It's it's really fun. It's it's <laughs> really awesome. kind of you know it's. It, it's fascinating to see people just, you know, because we know like Bill O'Reilly will have like these gripes with people. Okay. But it's like they all have these gripes. I mean, you know, to be at fair every to, level. I to suppose. be fair to Anderson, it's like like I know him. Right, Anderson. But sure. uh, you just call him. He Andy. does. He doesn't. <laughs> I call him. Andy. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't start. He didn't start that Ed Schultz thing, but it's just so hysterical. It's like these guys are supposed Who's Ed Schultz? Ed Schultz, he's on after Rachel. Oh, okay. Yeah. So so Anderson Cooper's on CNN, right? Yes. And then Ed Schultz is on MSNBC. Yes. And those two guys, you would think, what do you care? But they, they had a little thing. Well, it, again, uh, Ed Schultz had a problem with Anderson Cooper. Oh, okay. And so there's, uh, there's also was, different the, characters, right? So there's right. the... Ed Schultz is the... By the way, all these guys were... Um, from what I can tell, they've they flipped. Just like Ariana Huffington was a Republican and became oh, okay. uh, a liberal. Right. You know, some of these, I think... I don't know, but I think Ed Schultz... But Ed Schultz is... Is... Um, Midwestern... Okay. Uh, or working class kind of... Uh, had he been sort of a blue collar? He's, he's like a blue collar of, radio guy. Okay, you know, and um, 
and then uh, you know uh, there's the different characters, you know, like Keith Oberman, we know, you know, he was a sports guy, right? He was very opinionated. He was a sports guy? He was... He, he was, was a sports announcer? He was huge on um, on ESPN. This is back when I didn't have a TV, but right, he, right. He, he helped make ESPN with, with Craig Kilborn. Really? Yes. So, because there's also... One of the theories, which I'm sure you'll agree with, is that okay. a lot of sportscasters, yeah, deep down, really want to be comedians. Oh, yeah. I th- well, I, maybe you disagree. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know, know enough about sportscasters, oh, but yeah. I believe that. I yeah. and Weatherman and uh, well, yes. What about comedians and music? That's that's well, the one of, that you always hear. A lot of comedians want to be musicians. Right. I feel like I'm the only comedian that doesn't want to be a musician. No, no, I'm a team singer. I like to sing, but I, I want to sing in a group. You, so. so you would be in a musical. You would be like in. Um, oh, it's a little sad that I would never get to play Rizzo. I think that I would have been an excellent Rizzo on Broadway. You would want to be in a group like TLC, right? Uh, oh, that uh, like a Beyonce kind of. Yes, yes. Yeah. Like you'd oh. be like Left Eye. Oh, <laughs> Left Eye. <laughs> yes. See, but like that's what I think me, of one of my career. Like, you know, my wife always says that I'm very musical, but like the whole. Uh, you know, we're in show business, but the notion yeah. of, like, singing and dancing to me right. is, like, so foreign. Right. Like, I just, I grew up where um, no one was in the entertainment industry. Yeah. Did, were you in, like, theater and everything in high school? I tried to, but I wasn't. My sister was very political, and she made me, uh, my sister was the boss of me when I was yes. a kid, so yes. uh, she was constantly, like, like, she was, like, you're gonna you're gonna be in band. You're gonna be in debate, yes. but you're also gonna be in forensics, and you're gonna um, and you're gonna be in student council. And I was like, well, I don't want to be in student. I mean, because she was student council president, right? Right. Uh, and then um, and she was like, well, you have to be in something. What are you gonna? This is just like Game of Thorns, but uh, Game of Thrones, Thrones, or Game Thorns, th- or Thorns, which uh, uh, winter is coming. And yes. the uh, but the, the thing, I can't. Um, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to be because she was student council president. My brother right. Scott was student council president. Legacy, family legacy. There's right? a lot of legacy stuff going on with the Kitchens. Yeah. And uh, but uh, so I decided I was the editor of the school newspaper. I went school newspaper route and right. became editor of that. Right. And because I wanted to be the power behind behind the throne. Yes. Right? Yes. And uh, the one expose I wrote just got me in trouble. I was just this thing about the basketball students doing uh, cocaine. Good idea. Thank God. Now it's great. It's yeah. hip hop. Well, it's. So, now, now, here, I want to... Yeah. So, it's interesting, because being the youngest of six, yeah. there is something... What's the boy-girl thing in your ratio? Two girls, four boys. That's what we got. Really? Yeah. But it was four old, the four oldest were boys. And then my sister was born, as my grandmother likes to say, finally someone was born to wait on them. And my sister said, you're out of your mind. And then I was the spare. It would so. be great if your sister was a waiter. <laughs> but, right? No, but I think being the youngest of a big family, I think I used to know this, but like, there are a lot of comedians that are from big families. But yeah. The youngest, I used to be able to name a couple that were the youngest back when, you know, I was keeping a, a month tally. or a year count of how long I remember you used to do that. You're like, yeah. I've only been doing it two years, right, six I months, can't. Yeah. and five days. Right. <laughs> but, um, 
the youngest of a big family. Like there's there's things that I because there were so many siblings above me. Yeah. That I didn't care about. Like I have absolutely no sense of direction because I didn't need to have one. I have no sense of direction. Yeah. And I don't get a lot of my self esteem from my self sense of direction. So when people make fun of me, I'm like, I don't care. Right. Right. Uh, just tell me which way is north yes. or up. Yes. And yeah. I also. That's fascinating. Right. You know, everyone in my family was very excited to get their driver's license. I didn't really care. <laughs> I wasn't going to be able to get a car to drive anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. And I had friends that would drive me. But but I, uh, my family, now are there other people in your family that are in the entertainment industry? Everyone is somewhat in the entertainment really? industry. Only because my father is a salesman. So my oldest brother is an evangelist. My second oldest brother is with his own church. Own church, not own Eastern church. Orthodox. No, no, the Church of Terry Cation, Bossy Magoo. Uh, and we, the joke with him is that there's a glass ceiling. So there's just the one more job that he sadly cannot be. Right. Because he's the oldest. That's funny. He also. <laughs> and then uh, my brother Phil is a print salesman. And my brother Scott is a commodities broker. And, and you're a joke salesman. I'm a joke salesman, as my father has always told me. And then my brother Russ is a professor. He's an econ professor at the University of Wisconsin. And he Whitewater. sells liberal dogma. No, he does not. He sells oh, he's conservative, conservative dogma. Now, is your family mostly conservative? Split right down the middle. What we like to do is cancel each other votes out. Interesting. Uh huh. And then my sister is a is a socially responsible uh, investment consultant. Oh, that's good. Yeah, she's, she's going to heaven. She'll if go to it heaven. exists. If it right, my brother Phil, who's the uh, print salesman, he's like he was in the Moonies, and nice. we had to kidnap and deprogram him. Nice. And uh, sure, and he always says, sometimes I think to myself, what if I'm wrong? What if Moon is the Messiah? And we're like, thanks for making us all nervous, Phil. He's like, it's fun for me. <laughs> So, but he's, um, yeah, so everybody is pitching something, as my father would say. So, it's interesting, the, uh, you know, because my family, I would say, is relatively liberal. Um, Across the board? I would say, well, you know, it's all relative, right? I mean, my sister is. is uh, a Hillary Clinton diehard that never okay. really got over Hillary not getting the nomination. Aww. And then... Um, She's only about 55. She right. could, it could still happen. Oh, yeah. I think it will. Yeah. And then... Um, but otherwise, I would say that we're pretty much... We are... You know, my family is all swing voters. So okay. they are... Um, they could probably go... Uh, they could, you know, if the, the right candidate, they they would probably vote Republican, I would say. Well, the thing is, is with the right candidate, I would probably vote Republican. Yeah. But uh, it's not going to happen. Like, I haven't met that person. Right. Uh, I met him, I think the last time I voted for a Republican candidate, it was at such a local level. Yeah. It was in Minneapolis, at an incredibly local level. And I was like, because right. I don't have a and problem. You, you, and he was your roommate. Right. It was that local. <laughs> That's how local he was. It was because the, there was a, somebody said something where it's like, it's not conservatives that bother me. It's yeah. right wing nuts. You know? Yeah. It's it's because I conservatives are usually fiscally responsible right. and against foreign adventuring. I do not have a problem with those people. I'm right. fiscally responsible. I right. I'm right. anti foreign adventuring. I'm I'm right. a slightly uh, isolationist because right. I I'm a huge fan of think globally, adopt locally. You know, I mean, I'm not saying that you shouldn't go and get a kid from China because it's harder to get one locally. Right. But the kid that's going to rob you 15 years from now. 
lives down in Compton. Why don't you adopt him if he's available for adopting? Right. Right. I mean, Angelina Jolie, you don't have to do a Benetton ad. Uh, which right. is a sweeping statement that uh, yeah, I no, take no, total no. responsibility. No, but but some of it is, you know, obviously, that, that's the great irony, right? Is that Angelina Jolie is such an easy target, but yeah. really all she and Brad Pitt are yeah. doing are, the, you know, with their free time when they're not getting twenty million dollars an episode, the, a show. They're movie. doing. They're doing good deeds. You know they I mean? really are doing. They good really deeds. are doing yeah. amazing things. Right? They are using yet, their powers for good. Yeah, they're good looking, so we can criticize them. Right. Like if they were ugly, we'd be like, you know what? They are good people. But because Angelina Jolie probably will never age in her life, <laughs> we feel like it's okay that you know. Right. What's Steve Buscemi doing? Right. 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 Is I that mean, guy- Steve Buscemi, he could be like beating children, and we'd be like, he's still that. He's a decent guy and a great actor. Right. <laughs> didn't in Con Air, didn't he play some sort of crazy pedophile who wore a bit person's head? I accidentally saw Con Air uh, about a half a <laughs> You feel like you had to, I, I accidentally saw it. No. Yeah. But, it's, um, it's on a rotation on cable. I mean, Game of Thrones. I've been uh, watching that. Oh, I, have you? That's why I, I, I'm not a very... Um, healthy person you know like I always imagine that normal people go to bed at like 12 and I went yeah. to bed probably at like 4 tonight last night yeah oh my god but I you know we watched uh, Game of Thrones or Thorns which is or the, what Thorns oh, Game Thor- of Thorns just Thorns Game of Thorns, Game of Thorns. Uh, there's no Thorns <laughs> in the, <laughs> the show at all and but if I there was, were Thorns they would call them something I'm like I'm even dyslexic in how I read <laughs> <laughs> when, when, when I'm not even reading show. something right and, um, but I, you know, it's like when it's on demand, you can watch like four of them. You got to do it, right? But don't you? I mean, the, and the kids are up anyway. The so kids, there's always one awake. There's right. always one awake, and so when you're about to fall asleep, one is either having a nightmare or the pet pet pan out with pants. the nightmare, or just screaming and screaming, like, and then oh, you know, baby every three hours. Yeah, yeah. So. so yeah, but did you always, like, before kids, did you have a regular sleep schedule? Did you go to sleep at, like, 1 or 2? I guess during And wake my, up around 9 or 10? During my disciplined era, you know, like, when you had nothing to... Uh, Live for? No. Nothing to, <laughs> nothing to do except for maybe to stand up at night and right. audition for some commercial during the day. It's very easy to work out twice a day and yeah. be on a regimen, I think, but... I don't know. It's just... Uh, it should be. Wow. It that'd, should be. That'd be I something. Mean, I guess it's it's discipline. You know, I always tell myself I'm going to get in shape and all that stuff. I but. did two years where I hired a personal trainer and everything, yeah. where I worked out, and uh, it was probably a year and a half, two years ago now that it happened, because I didn't... This is turns out what I look like. Yeah, well, that's this a, is, the same thing. I can't. Thing. You know, well, I mean, I, I, you know, I have that joke where it's like, I can work out twice a day and still look out of shape, but... <laughs> But the reality is, is that if we were lunatics about it, right? Uh, and you know, Aisha only, Tyler told me about that, yeah. that crazy uh, that cleanse with the olive oil and the yeah. cayenne pepper. Yeah. And I remember when I first met her, it was back in I think 2003, and she was like, "You got to try this master cleanse. You just have to." And I was like, "I don't want any part of that. I don't want to drink that ever. Right. If you want to put that on a piece of chicken, that sounds like a lovely marinade. But right. I'm not. It's lemon juice and olive oil and cayenne pepper, and it's all these things that you're supposed to drink instead of food right. for like a week or something. Or, or, or that's just 
just like they're aware this is this will give you diarrhea for a week. Right? I guess I, yeah. right, and 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 that was the other thing. Someone told me that that, and I am very naive when it comes to a lot of these weight loss kind of things. Um, yeah. Is that that you can take laxatives and it will make you lose a lot of weight? And I'm like, like yeah, I bet it would. Yeah. Uh, but then what about your intestinal tract? Isn't it fucking up your intestinal right, tract yeah. if you take that too yeah. much? And someone's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, you don't want to do it a lot. And I'm like, well, why would I want to do it? <laughs> but, but, but you have to admit, though. I Those think, are good-looking people. No. <laughs> That's what I will admit. <laughs> you know, the, all these things that, you know, I, I, I guess I just feel like the healthy lifestyle stuff is, right. is something that everyone could do. Yes. But it's, it, you know, cheeseburgers are funner. You know, oh. like I had a tweet where it's like, you know, what's better than a healthy self-image is a cheeseburger, right? <laughs> right. But, so um. there is something about, I mean, it is possible. I'm not saying, you know, like I joke around, but, you know, obviously if we lived a very, you know, if we had the Seinfeld mentality, we, right. we could be a great shit. Right. It's not impossible. It isn't. It's not like our ancestors were huge fat people. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's just, right. it's a great lifestyle we lead. I, it's right. hard when you, when you're in an airport three times a week, it's yeah. hard to not, to not, it's hard to get something healthy find, there. And really. I eat fresh as often as I can, yeah. but you know, you go to Subway and you're like, yeah. I'm going to eat fresh, I'm eating eat fresh. fresh. Yeah. And, uh, but I can't, there's a certain point, like I, I, I can do it for, if I don't do it for six or eight months, I yeah. can sustain a, a Subway or Panera lifestyle, <laughs> which is also relatively healthy. Uh, for about three months, and then I can't smell the bread for six months because I you know, my it's, By the way, that, I, I'm I'm convinced that I mean I even talk about it in my next special plug plug, but I think, I think I think I think Subway is. I think that's all bullshit. I think it's just, you know, anything compared to, like, deep-fried potatoes is healthy. Right. They're like, I lost all this weight by not eating arsenic. You know, it's like... So it's it's not as if somebody... It's not as if... There's just... It's like... I just think that we're very manipulated by that whole campaign. And the weird thing is, is I remember when Subway opened, and they used to prep all of their vegetables themselves. Yeah. And now they get bags of vegetables. Yeah, it's all... And so I'm like, how healthy can that vegetable even be? It's not. Because it's five days old already, and it's soaked in, in like, a preservative, kind of lactic acid of of some sort, just to keep it fresh looking. Of course. And granted, it does... I mean, and I don't actually eat that poorly. I just um, occasionally eat poorly. Like, right. I had a sausage and egg McMuffin the other day that I haven't... I haven't had one of those in probably a year. Right. But they're the best thing ever. You know, and they're great it. on, like, three hours of sleep in an yes. airport. It's uh, like, there's nothing better. That's, it soaks up every ounce of tiredness that's yes. in you for some reason. And, you know, you, you pay for it five minutes after. But, <laughs> yeah, no, but, I mean, when I was living healthy, my, my old, the good old days. Right, right. That's I remember reminisce. I was eating really healthy, and then I had a Dorito. And I was like, wow, this Dorito tastes disgusting. I'm not even making yeah. this up. And now it's like Dorito is like you know it's like heaven. Yeah, you know it's like "Mm, chemicals. You know, (laughs) but so it can be done. It can be done, and and you meet guys like like. Ooh, somebody I met was going Paleozoic. That was their. What is a, that? You have to eat nice age. You got to eat like only um, like it's mostly meat and yeah. raw vegetables. And you're like, 
Well, oh, that's meat and raw vegetables. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, there's, so there's no carbs, I think. It's kind of Atkinsy, but Well, have you watched all those... Uh, there's some great food documentaries that we're supposed to be eating a lot of raw vegetables, and oh, we just okay. don't. I did read... Or, and I didn't read it. I listened to books on tape. The Michael yeah. Pollan in Defense of Food. Oh, really? It's a great book. It's really? essentially him just saying... It's the history of, of nutritionism, he calls yeah. it. And it might actually be a word, but he's yeah. like... There's no reason. There's no reason for us not to just be eating food. It's like if your grandmother would not wreck. And I remember going to the grocery store, and yeah. my grandmother's Armenian, and yeah. and she made her own yogurt. Wow. And she'd be like, "Why would you buy yogurt?" And I'm like, "Well, everyone else has jobs, Grandma." Uh, yeah. But if she saw a, a tube of gogurt, yeah, her head would pop off. You know, because it dead. just didn't make sense. Well, it doesn't. It's a t- it's a toothpaste well, her head tube. Would probably pop off now anyway, right? <laughs> right, because she's done. She's been dead for about she twelve had, that's years. My grandma. Please. And so, <laughs> I'm still doing jokes about her. Do you know why? Because no one's heard them. They're good ones. I don't uh, have a problem with that. So, yeah, no, there, there's the omnivore's dilemma, right? Right. I feel like he might have written that. Yeah, he probably, maybe he did. All right. I'll uh, put it in the notes. You're smarter than me. I don't know. <laughs> I don't Do you know. have to I'm just, The four kids is a great excuse for everything. It's like, hey, have you read... <laughs> Have you read the instructions? I got four kids. I got four, I, kids. I got four kids. I don't have to. Yeah. So how about the three investigators? Indiana, uh, Alfred Hitchcock and the three investigators. You ever read those? No. It's good for a seven-year-old. Ooh, Colonel S. P. Meek. There's some good dog books from the fifties that are really. Nice. Yeah. I, I'm waiting for my. Uh, I guess my daughter's almost ready for Encyclopedia Brown. I kind of remember those. Oh, well, those are nice. But even when I was a kid, I don't think I was reading that much. I think I was. I mean, that's where I learned to. Because I think I do have like a, a learning disability, like dyslexia, and it's just undiagnosed. And you know, so it's hard I'm for. Just, or I'm just lazy. Well, I think it's you're tired now. And uh, <laughs> but I but I think. But I think it's it's if it's hard to read, yeah. there's a reason for that. I well, mean, I don't some think of it, it is. is 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 I have horrible eyesight, and you know, like I remember when I got my glasses, these glasses done. They're like, we're gonna put in this thing that'll stop the page from moving, and I was like, I didn't even know the page was moving. Was the page moving? I don't know. <laughs> but you know, it's the the reading thing is. It's weird because when you know again when I went through that reading phase, it's it's great for creativity too. Yeah, it's just great. It just gets the juice. It refills the well, Jim. Yes, it, it refills does. the well. Did you ever try that the artist's way? Did you? I ever... did the artist's way and writing down the bones. And writing down oh writing down the bones. How about bird by bird? Have you read bird uh, by I'm bird? I'm sure I owned it. <laughs> but oh, I was going to say that even as like I wouldn't read books as because I was the youngest of six. Right. So like there was a level of exhaustion in my parents. Yeah. And alcoholism probably sure but there was a level of exhaustion when it's like i would be in first or second grade and they'd be like i'm i'd say i'm supposed to read this book and they'd be like go in the kitchen and read it so i'd go in the kitchen and eat like half a loaf of one <laughs> walk out there and say i read it but also I, the attention to your homework was less yes yes and so i i do think that um, that's where i learned some of my um, my bullshitting ability. Oh right! Because I would, based on the, ti- the the title and the appearance and the pictures in the book. I mean, this is not. I'm not saying that. Oh, what a brilliant piece of wisdom! It's like there's like every other kid in the world has done this. But there is something about you know it just. I, mean, well, I don't even kids. read emails. People send me an email, and I'm just like, I. I 
we'll well, read the first sentence and the last sentence and call it and go. Oh, that is actually where, where, where you're like, well, can I get this other information? It's like, it's in the middle of the email that you didn't read. <laughs> oh, shit. Sorry about that. But, the, uh, but I will say this, is that um, your parents yes. were... Uh, you were the same parents for your childhood that yeah. your oldest sibling had? Yes. Mine, I did not. You did not? No, no. I, oh, my yes, my I mother died when I was a tiny child, when I was about seven, and then my father remarried. I know, my Wikipedia page, that's the thing about podcasts, is uh, when, when my stepmother was listed on my Wikipedia page, I was like, well, that's vaguely creepy, but okay. It's interesting, because the Wikipedia thing, I don't control my Wikipedia. No, I, neither I, do I. I mean, I literally... I didn't I you know it's like I can nerd out or, or you know yeah. about a lot of things, but the Wikipedia thing I'm kind of like oh, I don't. Know I don't how even to know how to use that. it. I don't know how to figure it out. Right. But I, I I had friends ten years ago telling me they're like yeah I just did my Wikipedia page and I'm like really you did your own Wikipedia page? someone did yeah so, I, someone, I have my own fan page on, on Facebook and I well, felt a little creepy about doing that but at least the Wiki- I I remember when I got my website like. <laughs> 10 or 15 years ago there were tons of people giving me shit they're like really your own webpage I remember I had my email address uh, my old email address where my name was in my email address and people were like really your own name wow like that was the early days of the internet where it was just like you weren't supposed to be promoting yourself at all yeah like a website what do you need that for what are you like Tide detergent and I'm like no I'm just (laughs) I need a website so that I can show my voiceover reel, you know. And uh, but I don't. Know. Okay, so you taped your own uh, hour special, yes. inspired by Louis C.K. According to your yes. email. Well, you know, some of it is, um, you know, I mean, I had the idea, but you know, when Louis succeeded, I mean, it's like I, you know, I definitely. It's just easier. It's easier, and he also. Is, did it so well. Like, I think there's a lot of lessons on how he did it and that I'm totally going to just steal. And I oh, told yeah. him that. You know, oh. I'm like, and the thing is, is it's a great model. And it's, it's a great not model. like, it's, you know, it's a great a model. It's a, <laughs> it's, good, uh, it's a good industry model right It's here. a good model platform. Yeah. No, but it's weird because, I mean, what he did that was so brilliant is he made it super easy to buy where you just click on it and then it's done. Like when I bought You didn't have it, to join anything, right? You didn't have to join anything. And it's like if you have, like we have an Amazon account, so it's just like, boom. Like I don't even, I don't know what PayPal is. I don't know. Right. I mean, I know what PayPal is, but right. I don't have a PayPal account. And so I clicked on it and it was literally downloading within 30 seconds. And I was like, all right, this is super easy. Yeah. And this will drop the day that it comes out, and it'll be $5 like his was, yes, right? Yes, You're recording it on Thursday in D.C.? Friday. Friday, Saturday. 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 Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Because <laughs> it's over. But it's going to be great. It's going to be great. And every a dollar from every purchase yeah. is going to the Woodruff Foundation, which helps uh, uh, wounded veterans and their families. Okay, that's... Because Awesome. Yeah, no, but, yeah. you know, it's... Because uh, it it not only... Because what you're hoping to make back, obviously, is the money it takes to make it, right? Right. And then... So that... And at five bucks a pop, with... Yeah. And everyone has five dollars. If you want to yeah. see it, it's on your computer now. You essentially own it. Right. There's no reason to bit torn it. There's no reason to be a jackass. Because right. it's five dollars. And a dollar goes to the wounded veterans... You get four dollars to pay for the special, yeah. and then uh, hopefully feed and clothe yourself. Yeah, I yeah, and and 
feed four kids. And but, feed four kids, and you're. But the, the, the interesting thing is, like, I was like, all right, I'll do the thing, and then, um, you know, the wounded warriors thing was kind of, uh, a, I think, a, a great idea that you know just came from doing this thing. But you know, I was like, "Yeah, that's great." And then my manager on front, he goes, "He goes, you realize by giving a dollar away, you push off the possibility of you breaking even way down the line." And I'm like, "Yeah, but it's you know, I'm lucky enough where I can tour, so hopefully, right. like so if I take a bath, it's you should not come the close. The I should come close." And well, the crazy thing is, is because I know that Louis C.K. didn't think that he was going to break even, which right. is why he didn't donate anything until afterwards, and he's like. Right. I have a giant bag of money. I love that interview with him. Yeah. See, on Letterman or Conan? Fallon? Fallon. Was it Fallon? Whatever it was. But he was just, he was like, it kept coming to his phone. Yeah. And so it was like a million dollars. I don't deserve a million dollars. What is a million dollars? And so, and then he gave a boatload of it away. Yeah. Afterwards, because he didn't expect to make it. In this case, you're like, well, I should, it should work. Because I think you'll break even. I think it should work. You know, I think, I'm pretty confident. I mean, I certainly wouldn't be doing it if I thought that I would lose money. But there is, you know, there is a possibility, I suppose. But. It's not as if, if it fails, it's not as if I couldn't then maybe sell it to HBO Netflix. HBO or Netflix or somebody. Because it'll be, it'll be a fully produced, really nice yeah. hour special, right? Yeah. Yeah. And here's the great thing about that. It's like when I do my... Because I, I tend to record my albums myself. Yeah, yeah. Because... And then edit them. Yeah. Because I didn't like... My half hour special, they did a pretty good job. They, yeah. and, and I've heard nightmare stories of other yeah, people's yeah. half hour specials. And mine only, they took one punchline out where I rant about North Platte, Nebraska, and then yeah. we smash cut to airline food or whatever the hell the next thing I'm talking about. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I sound like a crazy person. Right, <laughs> and, uh, right. They, they just, the, whoever was editing it didn't realize, because it was a laugh line, but that wasn't the punchline. Right. And That's so, brutal. Right. And so ever since then, I'm like, no, no, I'll be recording. Yeah, I mean, people, people don't realize that there's, you know, there's so much effort in constructing these jokes, and some of the fun of doing a, a, a tag before you get to the punchline is that you build, you yeah. lower expectations. Yeah. You go, oh, that's the joke, and then boom. And so, when you when you know when comedians talk about oh uh, they they messed up my special, you know I always think that to everyone else it sounds like Prince who's changing his name because right. some music right. contract doesn't sort of allow weird humble brag or right you know. But it is a very strange thing, and you know, like you know, I had done uh, this the 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 uh, night of too many stars where oh, right. I had done the McDonald's bit, and um, the irony of that night is that that show it was for autism. It was a really it's a really cool uh, show. Right, that benefit that benefit yeah. was beautiful. Yeah. It's so it's so cool to be involved in stuff like that, and then. But, you know, Robert Smigel was calling me. And the great irony is, like, Sarah was on that show, yeah. you know, singing from her crotch and all these things. <laughs> and really outlandish stuff. And really filthy shit. Yeah. And then there, Smigel's calling me and he's like, yeah, um, you gotta, we gotta take some of these jokes out. And I'm like, but I, uh, 
Oh my God! And, and he was, you know, he is—he's dead know, serious. He's well, he's he's doing this because his but he's, he's doing this whole event because his son has autism. He's like, look, Jim, this is really awkward. But the irony is because I talk about brands, yeah, I end up dealing with censorship. Whereas, like, if you're just you're you're talking about fuck, your crotch. If you're saying yeah. fuck or something like that, they can just beep out the word. But if you're talking about a potential advertiser, so that even right. that prompted me to even look outside the traditional HBO Comedy Central thing. Okay. So, oh, because then nobody has to. Then yeah. nobody can tell you. I mean, not that HBO would deal with censorship, but, right? Uh, but you know, it's the whole. It's a strange thing being a clean comedian. You're a clean comedian, aren't you? Uh, pretty. I, I, there's some cussing. I, I put a. I always put a thing on my on my uh, albums that say parental advisory for cussing, not content. Right. Because I swear. Right. And and the longer I'm on the road, by the way, yeah. the t- like the weirder, more stevedory I get, where I'm just like fucking a, which uh, and, I, and I just right. I tend to get a little more aggro the longer I'm out here. Right. Like if I'm home with my loved ones, and I am in the bosom of support and like yes. the warm rising dough of, of my 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 husband and my life. Yeah. I soften up and I don't swear, and and it's kind of an interesting place because I write different jokes from that place too. Yeah. Then I write from the, the material I write when I'm on the road. It can be kind of aggro and, and and really intense, but the stuff if I can stay in Los Angeles for any amount of time, it can get nice. My material can get nice and weird. It can get nice and like it's a much softer, much sort of happier place. It's a yeah. Place. It's you know that's, that's kind of fascinating. No, it is very yeah. fascinating because I do think that you're you're a product of your environment. Yeah. I mean, it's nature and nurture, right? So it's if you're you know uh, if you're in front of a, a twelve thirty audience uh, on Saturday night, there's going to be certain there's certain there's material instincts. that's currency, right? Yeah. And so, like, if you work in front of an eight o'clock audience on Saturday night, that's gonna—that's where some stuff's gonna come. Last I night, I did a show that was just full of some of the most giving hipsters I've ever yeah. seen in my life. It was—I yeah. did that sweet show down yeah. in the East Village. Yeah, yeah, Seth Herzog show. Seth Herzog show, yeah. and he just everybody just staring at me, going, "What other weird thing you want to tell us? That's awesome! Go, go, no, go!" I think it's really. I think that's a really the alternative. Uh, it's twenty-two-year-old men and women that are just like, yes. Yeah, well, it's just that that alternative scene is so. I think it's so important, at least for me, for writing because there's a, a truth serum to it. Yeah. There's a truth serum in Brooklyn too. Yeah. Where they're a little bit questioning and. And I, I like the challenge. Tonight. Yes, that's a great that's, show. I, and then I'm doing Sean Patton's show, I think, tomorrow. Oh, at, uh, is that... Cameo, maybe? Cabin? Cabin. I'm doing Cabin and Cameo tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. I'm doing every cool kid show yeah, you are in, doing... uh, in New York, because I'm just here for a week, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you can do all the greatest shows in the world. <laughs> but if it's I lived here, it'd be harder to get up. But... Yeah, it's it's... It's interesting, those, you know, the alternative scene, which I always feel like Eugene Merman is the uh, the grand poobah of. Yeah, he's a little godfather. Yes. For the, he's just like, come and he's, be part. Come. He's the mayor of Brooklyn. Yes. <laughs> and, but those audiences are so, they would never be in a comedy club. And it's weird because it's kind of a fun challenge for me because when I go on there, 
I always think there's a sense of, um, oh, here's a mainstream guy. You know, like, you know, there's, but yeah, some of that no. is my psychosis. Right, but, right, right. That's you know, you going, oh, committee meeting. You know, yeah. But it's, you know, or Largo in LA or, yeah. you know, but I think that Meltdown might be one of the best shows I've done in, in LA. In LA, it's a really great That show. audience. That audience is the same, it's the same people. Well, you know, they're, they're, and they're the most they're, giving people. They're, they're, they're like a West Coast uh, hipster or whatever the term would be. So they're right, a but they're bit, not so much UCB because UCB can sometimes get kind of, like the, the, the audiences at UCB can sometimes look at you and go, oh, you aren't famous. Oh, That's really? sad for me. And, uh, but then when you're funny, they, they get on your side. Yeah. But there's a beat or two where they're just like, oh, I wish you were... Oh, okay. Right. Well, maybe you'll be funny. It'll be all right. Patton might and, like you. Right. <laughs> well, does Patton like you? Patton likes you. I, I'll probably like you then. And uh, <laughs> so... But the Meltdown isn't like that. Meltdown no. is, is very much like, whatever, man. Do it. Meltdown is, I think, authentic nerd territory. Yeah, because yeah, it's is, in a comic book store. Which is... Yeah, which is great. It's, it's you know, because as comedians, we want to find that perfect audience, right? Yeah. And then, because I always find that, you know, when you're doing clubs, it's like, you always get there and you're like, Thursday's pretty decent show. Yep. Friday's okay. Friday late, maybe not that great. <laughs> Saturday's amazing. And then yeah. Sunday might just be horrible. Right. And you're like, why am I closing on a Sunday? <laughs> right. Jim Gaffigan, this has been a treat. Thank you so much. This is Thank so you. great. JimGaffigan.com. Buy the, buy the show. Buy the show. It's out today. Do it. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. Thank we you. Why don't we just call that as the end of the show?